they're back. The gods have once again returned to our TV screen and just in time. Is this the bit that we use to start this podcast? I do not remember because it has been very long, but I pray that it is the right one and I pray that my name is Alex. Ah, yes, the lords look down and say, sure, this is the good bit. And the good bit <laughs> is the good news. Good day. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And once again, American Godcast is officially back. We're going to be talking about the first episode, A Winter's Tale, of Season 3. Now, this is a big deal because this show has been away for a very, very long time at this yes. point. There's been a lot of behind-the-scenes drama we're not necessarily going to get into. Maybe we will. I'll see what happens. We don't carefully script these podcasts. What kind of tease was that? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, we don't script these things. So um, oh, we go okay. wherever the muse takes us, much like the gods. Oh, wow. That's true, exactly. And obviously, um, not much has changed in these characters' lives, um, because we pick right back up with the action. Not much has changed in our lives since last week <laughs> yes. did this podcast. We're pretty much the same, I think. Uh, I so here, I do want to mention a couple of things before we get into it, and just... A reminder, we're not going to recap the whole episode or anything. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite moments, the big bits, things that we thought were interesting. So go and watch it first, then come back here, then listen to the episode. But I do want to say something without calling anybody out in particular. Pete, I'm going to call you out. Uh, wow. We, we were, honestly, I think we kind of went back and forth about whether we should come back and do season three of this podcast. Uh, we talked about it a little bit. Wow, you really are calling me well, out. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because don't get I this whole thing of like, <laughs> I don't want to call people out and then exactly call me out. I mean, that's some bullshit. Well, Pete, you're like, no, we Cornell. have too much stuff. You're right. We have too much stuff going on. We're doing too many podcasts. We have too many you things. You guys have families, uh, like uh, kids yeah, and stuff. Listen, man, I don't want to see my family. But frankly, you said we have a lot of podcasts going on. How can we balance all this stuff? And you're like, besides, the car is dead. I was like, Pete, I don't know how to tell you this, but in the premiere, not only is the car back, but the car is a major plot point. You're like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah, that's exactly right. To see a car uh, randomly in one scene is enough to lure (laughs) Pete LePage back to the game, and I love it. Uh, but well, let me hey, say, there were, it, there were several cars, and two of them were the same car. So there. And you the go. car, yeah. the cars in the opening credits. Am I right? Uh, mm-hmm. So, Pete? yeah, multiple cars. Um, but let me say, uh, in the discussion of whether to come back, because I think it's uh, sort of applies to this show in general. Um, mm-hmm. This is a show that I think has been a bit fraught. Um, and it's a little bit all over the place. The cast is constantly changing. The creative team's constantly changing. But I will say, in watching this episode and getting into this new season, there is something about this show that is really unique. And despite all the changes, the creative changes, it does feel specific and different from mm-hmm. a lot of other television shows. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been this kind of twisted up about it since they changed Aunt Viv's, you know. And you had to sit there and be like, <laughs> am I going to come back? You know, like, am I going to? You're talking, you know, of course, about I w- the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Right. And so when you were uh, how old when you watched that, like uh, uh, 10, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to come back for the next season of Fresh Prince as a 10-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> that was before television really had seasons, t- technically. I, I think you're wrong on your how old you think I am and, you know, when the show came out. But, you know, it couldn't be that far off. 
Uh, I'm definitely, if we're talking broad strokes about this episode, I'm definitely of two minds of it. I agree with you, Justin, that particularly visually, the yes. scenes of like Shadow working in the metal shop and the foundry, yes. gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And there's so much beautiful imagery throughout the entire episode that I was like, oh yeah, this, even with a new creative team, even with a lot of shakeups, this show doesn't look like anything else on TV. That said, my one big qualm here, there was a couple of things that I was very iffy about, some conversations that I didn't love. I don't think the new gods are as strong overall in this season as they were in previous seasons, though obviously there's a lot of reboots and rejiggering going on there. Uh, and the biggest thing for me going into the season, you've read the book, Justin, Pete, yes. uh, you have not read the book yet. Have not. Okay. Just making sure nothing changed since the last time. Um, but the, <clears throat> the Lakeview sequence, which is the second part of the book is the best part of the book, like hands down. Yeah. So I was super excited to that. And maybe that led to this feeling a little bit, but there was certainly that, uh, you know, the Simpsons episode where they introduced Poochie and Millhouse is like, when are yeah. they going to get to the fireworks factory? This entire episode, I felt like that with Lakeview where I was like, oh my God, just go to Lakeview. We know you're going to go there. Just go there. And once he gets there, the episode picked up immeasurably. I love that. Even if that was only like the last eight minutes of the episode, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, I because uh, I uh, another factor that I think you're referencing. There's nothing like breaking the episodes into sections and rating them. No, no, no. To be fair, the episode was about alone. an hour long. Fifty-two minutes of it were a piece of shit, and eight minutes were good. If that's what the wow. pieces you want. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, I just want to say right, my, before the end of this, we'll oh. each list our favorite eight-minute segments. <laughs> I like the three-minute log recap at the beginning as well. Uh, um, I would, in my defense, I would like to note if I would have asked if uh, you know Mike was going to come back with uh, f- fake hair that was crazy, distracting the whole time, I might have reconsidered because I don't know if I can Mike, take a whole Mike season. Ansel? Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah. the fake name Shadow Moon is using in the episode? <laughs> exactly, okay. yes. I'm talking about Shadow Moon's uh, hair that looks fake and is very distracting and hard to take it I seriously. I think that's his real hair, Pete. <laughs> well, they're making it look ridiculous in a way that we know him as bald, and now it's like it's like on there, but it's like sometimes not. Well, you're, so you're, a, you're okay. a believer in like once you go bald, you don't go back. Like I understand that, like okay, he's got to look different because he's wanted and stuff, and uh, I'm I'm okay with it. But it's it, I didn't think I would be as distracted by it as I thought I was, and it's a it's a little bit so, much. But I'll be okay. Just to recap for everybody who's uh, lost the plot eight minutes into this podcast, um, eight but a huge problem is me mentioning that I liked the bit in Lakeview the best. Actual problem is. Uh, Ricky Whittle's hair, which is probably real, looking kind of fake to you, is a huge problem that's wrecking the whole series. I didn't know it was going to be an issue until I started watching it, and I was like, why is this bothering me? It's because the same problem with Aang on Avatar, right? Yeah. No, no. no, That's why I'm like, what is the thing about getting to know somebody with a bald head and being like, okay, cool, this is who you are, but then when they have hair, I can't trust them. But if you you get to know someone when they have hair and they go bald, do you hate them too? No, no. (laughs) Interesting. What about when babies, what about when babies who are often born without hair grow hair? Are you like, fuck this baby? (laughs) That's exactly, yeah. Yeah, If you're ever looking for Pete, just go to a hospital. He'll be in the nursery. (laughs) 
Just really just, ripping into just some babes. Just teeing off. Yeah, yeah he's just yeah. heckling the children as they're... Uh, yeah, but I think we all know when, you know, you're having a bad day. You go down the hospital, you mm-hmm. yell at some babies between, yep. you know, on the other side of the glass, so nobody gets hurt. But And then you feel better, you know? Let, let's give a very brief bit of recap about what happens in this episode. Uh, so as okay, we've sure. hinted here, Shadow Moon is hiding out. He's staying away from Mr. Wednesday, who he now knows is his dad, um, trying to have just a normal, regular old life. Unfortunately, that's not going to work out for him. Mr. Wednesday tracks him down, ropes him back into some god shenanigans. Mr. Wednesday is definitely on uh, the offensive at this point against the new gods, who definitely seem to be on the defensive to the point that Mr. World becomes Ms. World uh, and is trying to run a social media campaign against him. It's not quite working this episode, at least, uh, sends Technical Boy out to recruit Bilquis and find out what side she is on. So we check in with her a little bit. Meanwhile, Mr. Wednesday and Shadow Moon blip out to some sort of dream world where they try to recruit somebody else for the fight doesn't quite work as of yet because they hate Mr. Wednesday. Uh, but by the end of the episode, we've met Mr. Wednesday's younger fiance and Shadow Moon has been tricked into heading to Lakeview, a very cold place in Minnesota, I believe, uh, mm. where he has an apartment there. Unfortunately, by the episode's end, he is locked out of the apartment, a gun in the back of his head, and oh. that's where we leave him. Uh, the other part of the episode that we should probably mention just as a, and we, maybe we can start here because I know Pete loves this shit. Uh, Dead Wife is down in New Orleans trying to bring the leprechaun back to life. Uh, she is working with Baron Samdi's girlfriend. Uh, she comes up with, I think, uh, arguably a very bad plan where not she takes a great the plan. magic and it's coin. Not a, it's not a great plan, and also she blows it. Yeah. She takes the coin out of her stomach, cuts herself open, hands it to him, dies so that she can't actually place it in his hand and bring it back to life. So he's dead. The coin's gone. She crumbles into dust. The end of both of their storylines, I guess. I mean, honestly, that scene I felt, I was like, geez, how do you come back from dust? Yeah. Uh, I was so happy. I'm, I feel really bad for the leprechaun. Uh, but that, that's that what you say every time ending. you look at a box of Lucky Charms, right, Pete? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the movie, Le- the, the movie thing. horror movie Leprechaun, you're like, God, I feel bad for that poor bastard Leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you never uh, liked Friends. You were always anti Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah, it was hard to watch. Anyways, hey, Pete, I, one, I, one last thing, Pete. Did you hear that um, Hugh Jackman's going to play um, the Leprechaun in the Leprechaun reboot? <laughs> you feel he's like too he's, tall. <laughs> he's too tall. Uh, um, I'm the best there is in what I do. What I do is <laughs> eating Lucky Charms. God, quick, follow me to the end of this fucking rainbow. <laughs> Bub. Uh, well, I, I, on the scene, like I really liked the Mad Sweeney Laura relationship last season. I thought it was probably the most successful of the uh, at least relationships in the show, where it felt complicated. It felt like it was just progressing, sort of organically. So this scene was sort of um, a bummer <laughs> across the I, board. And it also sort of maybe this season is all about like, eh, we're just not doing this. And mm-hmm. even in the way Wednesday talks this episode, he's like, so here's the important stuff from the previous two seasons. You're my son and we're in a big fight. That's it. <laughs> uh I, do you do you think, though, because I feel like all that really needs to happen is somebody needs to check up on either one of them, see his hand open, see the gold coin and just put the gold coin in his hand. Mm, yeah. Like one of the crows could do that, you know? 
Sure, but I don't think they I don't... want to bring him back because Matt Sweeney wants to kill Odin. So sure, I don't know if sure, it's going to be but... the birds. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, right. But I'm just saying, like, uh, it would be great if her storyline was over. But then, uh, if we we still got some more <laughs> Leprechaun, it'd be cool with that. Man, I'm I'm with Justin on this one. I, this was a huge bummer to me. It did feel like clearing the deck. I'm sure they'll loop back to it at some point during the season because. There's no way you just finish like that. That doesn't make any logical plot sense. But I wish they'd been even bolder in a certain way. You know, just like I'm saying, and I know I'm harping on this, just start with Shadow Moon in Lakeside, have none of the regular cast members, and just go for it. I I know that's not how you do a television show. I know that's not (laughs) budget-wise. What about all the the fun bus canceling back and forth? Sure, that's all fine, but that part to me felt fresher and more interesting and more full of mystery than the rest of the episode did, which felt like, okay, I've seen this before on a show called American Gods. Wow. Um, I I love the old school map with the model kind of working its way. That was glorious. That was a lot of fun. I don't, I love a good travel montage, throwing an old school song, have some fun with it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think to you, I really love the map sequence as well. And I think to what you said earlier, the, the, um, just the art direction and the direction in general is amazing on this show. The color palette they use is better than most TV shows. Um, so kudos to that side of the team. And I think, just getting the 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 other the writing a little bit sharper, and maybe like you said, that you're clearing the deck, so now that they can move forward into the Lakeview stuff that you've been waiting for, Alex. Love it. Uh, give me give can, me some cold drums. That's all I'm asking for. Can, can I ask you, uh, New York guys, something? I mean, you guys, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, before oh my God. you've been living before, in Philly for what, like three six months, something like that. Yeah, two seconds. My point is, like, before the pandemic, you guys have seen Broadway shows, right? I assume both of you have. <laughs> yeah. What, do you, what <laughs> are you doing? How, when was the last time you saw, like, a really good, like, vampire hardcore ballet show? You know what I mean? Like, really just quality mm. of that kind. Because I thought it was a breathtaking way to start, and I was uh, very moved by it. Uh, to be fair, most ballet shows I've seen end with someone sucking blood out of someone else. Um, <laughs> oh, or okay. a fist fight. Mm. Ballet's gotten super hardcore. The yeah, I gotta keep the audiences the, somehow. Yeah, it's the mosh pit at the New York Ballet is sick right now. See, that's why I'm asking you guys. Mm. You know the answers. I used to go every week pre-pandemic. It was fun. Uh, I like that first scene. Uh, Me too. Was, and one of the yeah. things that I in particular liked about it is now that the lid is off on the secret that we've been bouncing around for a while with Mr. Wednesday is out, just the whole performance seal feels lighter and more fun. It feels freed by that. Um, and even going forward to the episode, when we see him interacting with Shadow Moon, it is the same sort of, I know something you don't know performance, but... It's just, a, there's a little more delight there going on, a little less coyness. Uh, I agree. And how did you feel? I believe Marilyn Manson was... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was Marilyn Manson. That was pretty cool. Yeah, good for looking, him. Looking a little dusty. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good for uh, him, though. This is going to be a big role on, for man. him, and I'm very excited. Sweet dreams are made of this. Hmm. Uh, what else, uh, what should we talk about? Should we talk about Bilquis a little bit? That's another little blip in the middle there, as well as sure. I guess all the things going with new gods. Uh, what'd you think about Miss World? First of all, that switchover. Uh, I mean, it's funny, like watching it happen. I was like, oh, 
is that? And I was like, okay, I see. They lost another actor. Like it's <laughs> yeah. a, unfortunately the, the meta-ness of it is a little bit of a pullout. I like yeah. the transition. I like the technical boys like, oh, got rid of the white guy, uh, topical or something. He makes reference to it, which I thought was a funny way to do it. I like this sort of room with the puppets that she animates and disanimates when she needs to. Like, I like sort of that stuff. Um, but it does feel a little bit like Tempest in the teacup, why she's so mad. <laughs> like, they feel yeah. wildly frustrated when it feels like their plan is just kicking off. There is something. Um, of, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, how did you feel about the Negan with the bat situation? I thought that was a lot of fun. That was cool. It it doesn't feel as visually dynamic in the new God scene, at, at least in this episode to me, as it usually is. And I think part of that, this is through no fault of anybody's, Crispin Glover is impossible to replicate. You just, you can't, yeah. Yeah. that level of natural weird menace that he brings to every scene, even when he's just sitting and being di- having dialogue, you just can't do that with anybody else. So these scenes to me... Felt a little defanged. There was something about them that was a little more set up. Maybe there was not as much movement to the camera with them, not as much visual dynamism. Uh, I don't know what word I'm trying to say. That's right. Uh, And it's... It was a bit of a bummer, honestly, and I think it carried through into the Bilquist stuff a little bit when Technical Boy came in, but then ultimately they had that uh, shot where she's talking about war as the flip side of love, and that's where it started to pick up for me a bit in the storyline. Yeah, and I like Bilquist is much more in a much uh, greater position this season, mm-hmm. a power position. When in the seasons past, it felt like she's just trying to find a place in this. Uh, so I, I definitely like that. Another thing about the visuals, I love the – I think the aspect ratio switches a bunch in the – this throughout the episode Mm -hmm. going from a normal tv uh to like a super cinematic like bar across the middle and uh when technical boy is fighting um there's the blood splatter Mm -hmm. um, yeah like that sprays out it sprays outside of the um Mm -hmm. the frame like i that that those little things are so i you don't see that i just thought that was great yeah that's the sort of thing you don't see outside of like my bloody valentine 3d you guys Excuse remember me. that movie, right? Oh, Sorry, sure, did, yeah. Did a, a a tween just take the mic out of Alex <laughs> Alden's hand? Uh, Tell yeah, us, I mean, tween. I'm, what have you seen, tween? <laughs> Tell us about your world, tween. What's up, everybody? This is Alex Albert with the tween scene. Here's what I've seen oh. on the tweens. <laughs> nope. Oh, my God. Don't say it like that. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad that. Uh, Justin, you're bringing your technical, you know, kind of like uh, history since you've been a line producer for so many years <laughs> not, in television. Not accurate. So you, not like, what a you line producer pick up would on know things. About. You pick up on these things, and I'm glad that you're able to shed some expertise on that. But yeah, it was cool just for a moment to kind of have the splatter cam uh, shot. So I, I, yeah, I'm enjoying. It does seem like we're still getting a lot of details and focus on the artistry of what's being shown on the screen. So I definitely appreciate that. Uh, Pete, I have to admire your restraint here. Even though we started off the podcast with this, we're about 20-ish minutes in at this point, and you have not yet talked about the cars. So given that we're moving over to Shadow Moon's storyline, where it's such a big deal, uh, go ahead. Hit us up. What was Uh, your take? Uh First off, I was very excited about uh, Whiskey Jack. Uh, if we don't ever get a chance to talk about that, that was a really cool moment. All right. Whiskey so, Jack? What was that? 
the Native American guy that was oh, like, oh, okay, that, that was played right. that actor's been in a ton of stuff and is super amazing. So like, yeah. yeah, we are losing a lot of talent, but when you get stuff like that, it's pretty cool cameo. Um, yeah, I I was disappointed because we when we left the ride, it was this sweet black uh, Lincoln or Cadillac or something that was like really just so <laughs> VW slug Volvo. I don't even no, know. No, but like. Uh, I got somebody in Slack told me what what it actually was, um, but I think that like going from that to our our RV was heartbroken, but then into the VW bus was a little bit more fun. So I feel like we're slowly going to be transitioning into cooler, cooler cars. Mm. But um, seeing that RV on two wheels, that was pretty badass. That was some fun shit right there. Now, do you feel like Black Betty, the car's name, is a right. uh, is a full on tra- as a transformer? Well, it's it's it kind of does transform into whatever the kind of like mission it requires. Uh, just like a transformer. Now, do you feel like have you ever seen the movie Transformers? Yes, yes, I have. Do you love that? Um, do I love? I mean, I love the Transformers movie that was animated that had Unicron in it. Mm. You know, I mean, but the more uh, recent Bob- ones, did you get them down in Philadelphia, or was that like more of a New York thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, you know, we we get movies here. Thank oh, you. Uh yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. I mean Bumblebee was I wasn't that mad at Bumblebee, but there were a bunch of them that was real mad at the the Decepticon balls one that wasn't fun. Age of uh, Extinction. Pete, would you yeah. Would you mind taking the hayseed out of your mouth so you can talk to us city folk <laughs> about real stuff? Oh wait, well, the second one was the se- sorry Pete, was the second one Revenge of the Fallen and then the third one was Age of Extinction because that introduced the Dinobots. Is that right, Pete? Yeah, sure, sure. That okay, great. Good. Thank you. Shucks, you city folks sure do talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let's talk. To, so I want to talk about the lakeside stuff. The, yes. The lakeside buses. If we're staying on vehicles, we'll transition from cars to vehicles to buses. Um, right. I do think, like, you're talking about, uh, Alex, you're talking about how the lakeside is the second half of the book. It's where sort of the story goes. And I liked the way that I know it was Wednesday's hand doing it, but also have this sort of meta thing of feeling like the story is is has to move forward. So Shadow has to go to Lakeside and has to get on the bus. And I sort of I liked the way it felt that inevitability of the text. And it's sort mm-hmm. of to me maybe signifies what this season is about. It's like, no, we're telling the story now. We have to get to the second half of the book and we have to complete this tale because it's a miracle we did this many seasons, I don't know how much more there's going to be. Uh, so I, I, I felt that vibe. I actually liked that. It, oh, well, I do think Ricky Whittle played it very well. His expression when he realized the only bus available was going to Lakeside was great. Yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. We also, well, it was great because we all saw it coming. We knew mm-hmm. like, oh, there's going to be one bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like this setup here. It feels, this is what I wanted, honestly, from the beginning of the episode in Lakeside. This is what we get at the end, is the setup of it feels like we're introducing a new cast of characters. We're introducing a new setting. Bus pulls up. There's these young girls. Tell him you think uh, he's cute. Clearly, we're going to pick up with them at some point later. Uh, he goes into this place that's very clearly Hinzelman's, it says, on the top. So we know that's going to be a setting. This nice lady who gives him coffee. She's got the video rack, which I just thought was a fun little bit. Very uh, and then and play, the- played by Julia Sweeney. Oh, yeah. right. SNL. Yes. SNL. Now, do you think she got the job because of her cousin, Mad Sweeney? <laughs> 
<laughs> like <laughs> a little bit of nepotism, a little nepotism yeah. there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, for uh, sure. that's fucked up. And meeting the cop too, who seems like might be a friend. I mean, depending on what you know about the book, I might think be a friend might be an antagonist, might be a little bit of both. I think maybe it was a rider in somebody's contract that like they need a Sweeney. If they're going to mm-hmm. do shows, somebody's got to be a Sweeney. There yeah. must always be a Sweeney, an American <laughs> gods. Uh, and that's a good cliffhanger, too, to have a gun in his neck. We don't know who it's from. I like the place that that left off. That definitely is intriguing enough to call me back for the next episode. Uh, any other points you want to talk about in here? Obviously, we brushed over a lot of the Shadow Moon, Mr. Wednesday stuff. Uh, did you have any, uh, what were they eating at that diner? They were eating like something out of little bowls. And I was like, what is that? Did you order oatmeal or like a fruit cup or something? Because gross either way. I mean, ordering a fruit cup at a diner. I mean, they have, they're just trying to throw that stuff away. Yeah. Diners throw a fruit cup. Fruit cup is morning coleslaw. <laughs> I did like the kind of like back and forth there where it was, you know, he was like, yeah, hey, I'll let you do 20 questions, whatever you want. But he still wasn't getting like answers like he was still dancing around questions. So I liked that back and forth. That was fun at the diner. He should have straight up asked him, what are you eating? What is in that bowl? You know, because I'll that was a big tell. question on everybody's minds. Let us um, know. I- I like the Wednesday shadow relationship, but just the way that Wednesday's playing, the first two seasons is all about being so coy, and there's a little bit of that left. But this season especially, it also feels like he's just having fun. There are enough secrets out there now that he's like, well, I'm going to fuck around. I have you sort of trapped here. Like, he sends that old lady who has this shocking amount of old lady strength, um, which is a real thing. That's a real thing in the Mm -hmm. real world. Old ladies are secretly very strong. They can open jars of anything. The, the older uh, ladies get, the more they boil down to just pure adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. They're just bags of adrenaline walking around the world. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> and I the the recklessness, and I, I do think uh, from a plot standpoint, the scene at the at the beginning where he's getting all of this, he's getting juiced up at the Marilyn Manson show, like he is getting more powerful through little mm. things like that because he's readying himself for this war that's coming. Uh, so I I like the well, way Wednesday's been positioned. And then it comes to bear as well in the RV scene when they're pulling up on the agents and he's able to call on these runes to transport them to another place. I, I do like the fact, like I was saying earlier, that they pull back the lid on this magic. They're not pretending anymore of like, are gods real? Are they not real? You know, you could do that mm-hmm. in the book, but on the TV show after 20, 16 episodes, I guess, um, or mm. whatever it's been, that's more than enough time to be like, come on, let's just move forward. Let's get past this thing. Let's figure out what we're doing next. And uh, I think Lakeside is what's next. Um, yeah. As someone who didn't know, like Lakeside was a big deal. It was like a nice little nod for people who know where Wednesday was like, listen, I need to get you to the fucking lakeside. All right, it's all paid up. Don't be a douche. Come on. Uh, but I did really like the use of the on the road again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it a couple times in this app. It's, it's just fun. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but anytime I'm going on a road trip, that's the first song you got to put on. I put moving right along from the Muppet movie. That's my, That works. That works. Yeah. Uh, nice. I play um, Highway to the Danger Zone. Oh, wow. That's hot. You're starting that with these I've actually, with I've never, I, that's the only song I ever play when I'm in a car. Yeah. Like, wow. There's no mix. It's just Bold. that. Oh. Well, you have that bumper sticker that says, my other car is a fighter jet, right? 
Yeah, and I'm always <laughs> chasing down those MiGs because those those are some bad airplanes. You know, what I'm and you had about? a friend Goose who died. I think. Yeah, oh, I can't believe you brought that up. Well, yeah, Actually, well, my just friend Goose too casual. I'm really sorry. My friend Goose was a goose, unlike <laughs> wow. that bullshit Goose character in, in Top Gun, which is a movie. Yeah. Wait, and it was two O's in Goose, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? As opposed to ghosts. <laughs> Great, great flavor of beer. Um, yeah. I do, and thank you guys for watching that. Uh, <laughs> Man, I love going into a beer shop and saying, what flavors you got today, buddy? <laughs> 31 flavors of beer. That's what a bar is. Um, and thank you guys for watching that tape I sent of me and that goose in jean shorts playing volleyball. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that goose was also topless. Uh <laughs> Before we start to wrap up here, it's other- hard. You know, it's hard getting a pair of jean shorts on a bunch of goose feet because <laughs> oh, that, that little fucker kicked. Uh, sure, it would be easier. They can't really get that out of the way with their wings or anything like that. Well, once you get them on, it's great. It's easy to keep sure. them on. It's just getting them on. You know, I just like regular, more. just like regular jean shorts on a human. It's hard to get them on sometimes. Once they're on, they're on, you know? They're on for life. Uh, I think that's probably a good point to No, I, to... I have one more point. I yes, go ahead. Um, so the, um, they encounter uh, Whiskey Jack, is uh, what yes. his name is, um, the Native American god. I thought that um, this is interesting. I hope we get to see more of this because uh, obviously Wednesday and that crew, they're dealing with these new gods. They hate them. They think the new gods are bad. They're storming on mm-hmm. their territory. But to... Uh, to Whiskey Jack, to, to, to the, the Native American gods, uh, Wednesday and all his crew are the new gods because yeah. they showed up here with all the, the, the immigrants. Yeah. So I like that sort of generational shift. I hope that's a theme that we get to mm-hmm. see in this season. I, also, I liked the, uh, the difference between the way he interacted with Wednesday and how he was cool with Moonshadow. I, uh, uh, I agree with you, Justin. I think bringing him back and bringing in more of the Native American gods would be a really smart move because, frankly, though I liked how the scene was shot and I liked the acting and everything, uh, it felt like they were going to visit a Native American god who was mystical Native American shaman, and they are like, well, see you later. Which yeah, it, is, it felt is not a little great. Like, it's not a good look, I think, for the show. Mm-hmm. But if they can develop that theme, I will be super into it. I also appreciate the insult, go piss up a rope. Yes. Yeah, that was nice. Not easy. No. Not easy. I think that's the point. Before we wrap up here, which god is worthy of our worship this episode? Pete, who who are you worshiping? Who you worshiping? Well, I'll tell you what, you couldn't have had this episode with Black Betty, and that's the only reason I'm here. So I'm hoping for much, much more. Mm. Otherwise... Fuck all this shit, I'm out. (laughs) Uh, Justin, what about you? Who are you worshiping this episode? Great question. We should do a separate category of which car are we filling with gas or something. Uh, Ooh, I like that. That way, that'll keep Pete going. Now it's time for a little section we like to call Fill Her Up. Over to Pete. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to go with the VW bus on that one. Nice. Um, I mean, a lot of gods in this episode to, to talk up. I really liked, uh, we didn't get to see a lot of Bill Quist, but I really liked um, the way that uh, she's set up. She's set up as much more of a power player and sort of um, someone to be um, feared, uh, which is, I think, much better than we, we've seen in earlier seasons. I'm going to give it up for Shadow Moon this episode. Ooh. I just think 
him being happy, seeing Riddick Riddle smile, him be a little ahead of the game. You know, he's not totally ahead of it, but occasionally um, is kind of nice and fun. And I'm excited to see what happens to him this season. Uh, It just feels like he has a new lease on life and he has a new lease on his performance behind the scenes. So whatever went on, if it took uh, Ricky Whittle to this place, I'm excited to follow that as we continue with the episodes. And I hope you continue to follow along with our podcast episodes, at least until Pete gets pissed off. There's no cars and pieces out of here. <laughs> if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We'd love to chat with you about American gods. Uh, also, you can follow us socially at uh, a Godcast on Twitter. Um, also, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, keep worshiping, folks. <laughs> wow. I'll work on it. I'll keep working on That's it. That's what all religions say. 